This is Maxime Bernier, leader of the People's Party of Canada. We must keep fighting all COVID measures until they are gone permanently. Join the fight at peoplespartyofcanada.ca. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Rebel News live stream on this, a Tuesday, June 21st, 2022. I'm David Menzies and my co-host. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. You know what, folks? Today is National Peaches and Cream Day. And my friend, well, she's as sweet (laughs) as a Georgia peach. And if you disagree with that, She'll cream you. She is the she-devil with a sword. She is the Khaleesi of Northern Alberta. She is Sheila Gunn-Reed. How you doing there, Sheila? Oh, David, I'm great. I've never been described as peaches and cream before. Uh, <laughs> How's anyone it going? Actually, does anyone actually, I, I mean, I love cream in my coffee, but I, I got to tell you, as long as I've been on this planet, I don't think I've ever had a peach with some cream poured on it. I mean, I know it's a thing, but is it a thing for you? I mean, I, I've never had this experience. Maybe we should try it out today because it is National Peaches and Cream Day. I don't eat fruit, so I don't know. And it just seems like a a waste of good coffee cream. You know what I mean? I don't know. Not to be confused with um, peaches and herb, because I know you quote that song (laughs) title, Reunited, and it feels so good. It does. (laughs) <laughs> and the second you quoted that in the month in the morning meeting, you already regretted it. <laughs> I did. Well I was did. like, how do I put that right back in my mouth? <laughs> so in any event, Sheila, um, I think this is the point in the show in which you explain the ostensible policy reason of what we're trying to do here. Oh my lord. It's a world productivity day today. <laughs> Ugliest dog day, Morgan. There's what? a chance. <laughs> There's a chance. It's a special day for my snaggletooth dog. Um, National Vanilla Milkshake Day. Uh, National Take Your Cat to Work Day. Mine just interrupted an interview with Michelle Sterling from Friends of Science. So, also accurate. Um, National Hike with a Geek Day. Is this like Take a Liberal to the Gun Range Day? <laughs> There's a lot. Wow. David, I've got to send you this. Where are you finding them? I I only, uh, I I had, yeah, National Hike with a Geek Day. But would a geek be into hiking? I mean, isn't that what, you know, a geek, I assume Sheila stays indoors, like playing video games and stuff like that, right? I I think that's to get them out of the house. (laughs) So like they created a day around it. It's also, oh Lord, Justin Trudeau. Good news. It's National Selfie Day. Oh. It's also National Day of the Gong. So I don't know. Who All right, everybody so, in the office. I mean, is there a gong ma- manufacturing association that says, you know what, we gotta claim one of these days? I mean, a gong who who uses gongs anymore? The last gong I saw was Monks? in the 70s, the gong show. And that was a great show. So ahead of its time. Chuck Barris, the dearly departed, uh, brilliant TV producer. Oh, how I, I love the gong show. It pretty much, 
you know, predicted the future. (laughs) (laughs) Except back then you could hit a gong and they're whisked off the stage. And now, well, they get grief. YouTube just canceled. YouTube just (laughs) turned your channel off. (laughs) It's you just wake up and you're like, oh, I, I thought I had a Twitter account, but Twitter, (laughs) Twitter has other plans for me. That's the modern gong. You know what? True story. When the Gong Show movie came out, which was absolutely horrid, and it stuck around in Toronto cinemas for only six days, and I went to see it at the dearly departed Highland Cinema, which was over a thousand seats. There were five people in the cinema. It only had one genuine laugh. But the the funny thing that we had a, a censor uh, board back then, and it was going through all kinds of controversy. Oh, we still have that now. We just don't call it that. Yeah, I, it's something weird, but Ontario was one of the worst in the world. And um, the mass-produced gong show movie poster, the tagline, Sheila, was the only movie that was gonged by the censors, right? And the Ontario Censorship Board, because they were, I don't know, paranoid nuts, thought this was an insult directed at them, but it was for all the posters around the world. So the theaters in Ontario had to censor the tagline. They they put white hockey tape. <laughs> there you go. The, the gong wow. show that was gonged by the censor. That tagline did not appear in Ontario because wow. <laughs> by ruling of the censors. <laughs> it's so perfect, isn't it? It's like a Fibonacci sequence of just perfect government ineptitude um we, we, we should tell everybody what we're doing right now before we get too far into the show it's the rebel news daily live stream um where you'll find out exactly what day it is and what lobby group has lobbied um what interest group to create a special day for them it's also national milkshake day in case you're wondering um but uh, this is where we normally talk about the news of the day and i promise we'll get to it um we are streaming on youtube but there might come a time during the show where we have to cut the YouTube feed because YouTube is the new censorship panel. Um, (laughs) Used to just, the government used to do it now, big tech does it. Um, So if we get to a point where we might have to say something that might run afoul of YouTube's um, acceptable speech laws, their blasphemy laws, we'll cut the feed so that we don't lose the channel. And then we will continue streaming on Getter and Rumble Odyssey and Super U. And the beauty of Rumble Odyssey and Super U is that they allow you to send us paid chats. So paid chats is your chance to take control of the show and support the work that we do. So if you send us a paid chat, I will read it on air and David and me will do our best to address um, whatever your question, query, or comment is. But it's your way to have your say, but support us at the same time. Yeah, and lots to get to. Uh, one of them being, well, it looks like Marco Mendicino is now playing the victim card along with Jugmeet Singh, who's still whining about nasty words thrown his way in Peterborough, if you can imagine. But, you know. By white supremacists <laughs> in turbans. Yeah, what? <laughs> oh, boy, they really fooled him that day. Um, you know. What I'm getting at, um, Sheila, the headline says MPs getting panic buttons after minister reveals he received death threats. Now, here's the thing. Before we get into this, and and it's ludicrous enough, uh, just the thought of this, but there was an MP uh, on a radio panel roundtable uh, today, 
whose name I cannot mention by court order. <laughs> but she said, this is nothing new. Uh, this is um, this has been a, a fact for a long while, maybe not all MPs, but MPs that think they're under any kind of special threat. Uh, I think it's a case assessment basis. But the idea of panic buttons being in the House of Commons is not new. So I'm confused, Sheila. Have you ever heard about this before? Is she right about this or or not? I have I have no idea about the panic buttons. Um, I wouldn't be shocked to find out that they have this extra level of security in particular after um, the shooting that took place mm. at the House of Commons. Um, but as you were talking there, I was just sending a note to our researcher to say, let's A-tip these death threats. Because when I yeah. A-tipped Catherine McKenna's death threats, there were no death threats. There were no police reports. There were just tweets where people were making fun of her for doing stupid stuff. Um, but there were no death threats. It just sort of rough language sometimes, but welcome to the internet. Um, so I'm just going to see what I can find out about these so-called death threats Mendes Chino is getting. Or is he a lying liar who lies? All misinformation Mendicino strikes again. And, you know, Sheila, you, you nailed it, I think. I don't think these are actual physical threats uh, in the house. I mean, there's so much security just to get into the building, especially now. Uh, it would be, you know, incredible if anyone could breach that. I think we're talking about, you know, enriched debate uh, mm -hmm. in, in the House. And and I have an example, not in the House of Commons, but where I live in Richmond Hill, uh, about 10 years ago, and this made the newspapers, there was a, a counselor. Her name, she's no longer sitting there. Her name is Brenda Hogg. I guess we all have our crosses to bear, don't we? Um, Yikes. And the debate in council got really inflamed and just for and it wasn't even words direct it was just the you know the the temperament of the debate the loudness she pushed the panic button and york regional police came you know and it, it was a fiasco so is this what we're talking about are we at the point sheila where impolite questions and loud voices warrant panic buttons yes because these are the same people who say words are violent, right? So they're the ones who say that your peacefully expressed opinion, which disagrees with theirs, is akin to violence. And so imagine how they feel if you raise your voice or use a little bit of blue language, then basically you've murdered them. <laughs> and so naturally they would have a panic button for that. This is just the shifting... Um, use of our language where, you know, violence used to actually be like violence, contact. So, um, and threats used to actually mean threats and not just something that somebody said that made you feel uncomfortable. So why don't we take this to the crazy illogical conclusion, which would be another button in addition to the panic button. It, when you press the panic button and the MP is still ranting, you press this additional button, which controls a Wilson trap door, which opens up and the MP across the floor goes down a tube onto a mattress and is removed from the House of Commons. This is where we're at. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Mendicino, he's just as 
basically he shot his credibility um well when he ran for the liberals and previous to that but um in particular with his handling of the um the convoy and his lies about the convoy yep. his lies about law enforcement um in the convoy so color me um you know skeptical here i'm sorry but fool me once uh shame on you fool me twice shame on me uh he's just the liar who cried wolf just a few too many times i think oh but sheila wait a second this idea of law enforcement coming to the federal government asking to invoke the emergencies act it was a misunderstanding right, according church, to church, the church, deputy church. minister <laughs> what they were asking for was we need the tools that are included in the Emergencies Act. That's a lie, too, by the way. Um, no corroboration of that either. Um, yeah, there are a bunch of lying liars. I mean, they, they are uh, in line for the uh, crown that Patrick Brown currently wears as the most lying politician in our great dominion. Yeah, and Mendicino, he's decided that um, he's going to be the point man on the gun grab the latest gun grab. And I think we have a clip of him who says the recent shootings over the weekend, pro I don't even know where the shootings were. I'm going to guess Toronto. Um, <laughs> but um, he says the recent shootings in Toronto by illegal guns in the hands of unlicensed gangsters is evidence that I should no longer be able to go to the gun range with my handgun. Do we have that clip? First this past weekend, we saw another spate of shootings in a variety of communities across the country, which underlines just how urgent uh, the matter is, which is why I'm calling on Conservatives to stop with uh, the delay and the filibustering. That's not helping anybody. Let's have a debate on the merits of this bill, which, by the way, is gaining steam in terms of the support that it's receiving from Canadians since our launch. Why? Because I think Canadians understand that we have to do better by those who've been impacted by gun violence, and they also see a lot of common sense behind the measures of introducing a national handgun freeze around targeting organized criminals with higher sentences for illegal smuggling, and finally, uh, through the introduction of uh, red flag laws, tackling the uh, concurrent trends of intimate partner violence and, and gun violence. You know, this guy's such a liar, and he couldn't look more douchey if he tried with that thing tossed over his shoulder but what an absolute liar okay so he says we're going to introduce red flag laws we already have those i literally yeah. just renewed my gun license yesterday and every time you have to sign off and say no i don't have i haven't you know tried to commit suicide i haven't had any uh domestic violence issues i haven't been subject or even involved in any domestic issues i haven't been subject to a restraining order, all of those things you have to sign off and then you have to give them your husband's phone number so they can call him. And not just your husband, any clinical partners within the last two years, you have to tell the government, am I frozen up while I'm talking about conjugal partners? Um, anyway. <laughs> oh boy, there's a punchline anyway, just anyway. hovering there over home plate, but I dare not say. I know, but you have to, not just your husband, your spouse, your boyfriend, girlfriend currently, Anybody that you've been intimately involved with in the previous two years, the government has to call them, whether you like them or not, whether you left on good terms and get their permission for you to have a firearm. And so for him to say, oh, we're going to enact red flag laws, we ha already have that. 
And you can at any time have your guns revoked. If your neighbor calls the cops and says, I think she's emotionally unstable over there, they'll come yank my gun license. That's that's what it's like in Canada. So for him to say that we don't have that, what an absolute liar. Yeah. Or maybe like most liberals, he has no idea what the gun laws are in this country. But he doesn't have to. He just makes the gun laws. The rest of us have to know them because if we don't, we go straight to jail. And meanwhile, Sheila, the number of homicides that are committed by guns, I believe it's in the neighborhood of 83 to 86% are illegal handguns. Yeah. Not the rifles taken from duck farmers in Saskatchewan that are obeying all the rules. And gee, why would that be? Why would criminals be using illegal hang? Oh, that's right. They don't obey the law. That's what makes them criminals. <laughs> you know. So the idea of having tougher laws for the criminals, can you imagine the gangbangers going, oh, Marco Mandicino is uh, bringing in this whole new raft of regulations. Well, it was fun while it lasted. I guess I'll have to turn in my gun or uh, get rid of it. Uh, it, it. This is ludicrous. They're not fooling anyone, and they're only penalizing legal gun owners like you, Sheila Gunn-Reed. Well, it's even worse because, once again, he lied on another issue. He said, we're tightening up the sentences for gun traffickers. Hmm. Are you? Are you really? Because what he's doing with this new uh, handgun ban is he's creating a class of criminals from the ether. You're taking law-abiding people who just want to sell their lawfully obtained private property to another person with the same licensing level who may yeah. or may not also have a handgun. But... If they do that, you're a gun criminal. But simultaneously, and a lot of Canadians don't know this, because maybe even Mendicino doesn't know it, because, uh, again, he's either an idiot or a liar. I can't tell. It's kind of dealer's choice there, isn't it? But um, the Liberals right now in the House of Commons, they've tabled legislation to eliminate mandatory minimum penalties for a number of tobacco, firearms, and drug offenses. Sounds a lot like the things that gangs do, right? Yeah. Um, so the bill would eliminate mandatory minimum penalties for 14 of the 67 offenses in the criminal code that currently carry them. 13 of those are for firearms offenses and one for tobacco. Um, the bill would also eliminate mandatory minimum sentences for offenses under the Controlled Drug and Substances Act. Again, this helps gangs who deal in drugs. Yeah. Um Mandatory minimum sentences would remain in place for murder, high treason, impaired driving, sexual offenses, and a number of other firearms offenses. So these are the paper crimes. So they're keeping the mandatory minimum sentences in place for paper crimes, um, but dropping them on things that uh, gangs would do. So making it a lot easier to be a recidivist gun criminal than uh, it is to be uh, just a regular law-abiding uh, Canadian firearms owner. And they're doing this in the name of fighting uh, institutional racism, which I <laughs> can't even, I know you're laughing, but it makes me furious because this is the bigotry of low expectations. Yeah. You know, are we just assuming that, you know, minority people are going to join gangs and they can't help themselves, but do gun crimes? Is that, is that the liberals pretense here? Sounds like it. It's um, all about racism. Yeah, By the it's way, outrageous. In, in all those uh, items you listed, Sheila, what is the current definition these days of high treason? 
I'm very confused. <laughs> I don't know. What don't do you have to do to knows. qualify to be a high treasonist? Uh, disagree with the government. Have a bouncy <laughs> castle in a street party in Ottawa. <laughs> there you go. And then uh, high treason for you. Um, yeah, so I, I, I did a video on this a little while ago because I didn't think people really realized. So the crimes where the minimum sentences are being repealed. And if you go through these individually, these are all gang-related crimes. So while gangs are shooting up the cities... The liberals are actually making it easier to be a gang that shoots up a city and making it harder to be a sports shooter like me. Pro possession of a prohibited or restricted firearm with ammunition. So if you're not licensed to have it or if you have a taser and you're not supposed to have it and you have ammunition, you're not getting the mandatory sentence. Yeah. Unbelievable. Possession Unbelievable. Stolen guns. Possession of a weapon obtained by the commission of an offense. So a stolen gun, you're not getting the mandatory anymore. Weapons trafficking, excluding firearms and ammunition. So tasers is fine. Um, possession for the purpose of weapons trafficking, though. So you can't commit the trafficking, but you can, you can obtain the weapons and have them. And then importing or exporting, knowing it is unauthorized. So this is just... This is trafficking in it by another way. Discharging a firearm with intent. So shooting at someone. You will not get the mandatory sentence anymore. Shooting at someone. Like shooting up a playground. You're not going to get the mandatory sentence anymore. Discharging a firearm recklessly. So without intent. That's also not the mandatory sentence anymore. <laughs> Robbery with a firearm. Not a mandatory sentence anymore. And extortion with a firearm not a mandatory sentence anymore. The only people who can extort you with a firearm is the government into getting a vaccine. Yeah, good point. So what is the <laughs> ostensible policy reason for these not being mandatory minimum sentences anymore, Sheila? Is it this uh, garbage that that would be cruel and unusual uh, punishment? Or are we playing the race card here as well? This is from the government's press release when they announced the changes. The government recognizes that there is systemic racism in Canada's criminal justice system. We have heard Canadians, the courts and criminal justice experts and seen the evidence of the disproportionate representation of Indigenous people, as well as Black Canadians and members of marginalized communities, both as offenders and victims. So this is why they're doing this. This is the bigotry of low expectations. So they're doing this for recidivist gun criminals, and I don't care what color you are, if you are extorting someone with a firearm, it should be harder for you to do it and not easier. But me, I will be a gun criminal if I try to transfer my firearm to another licensed firearms owner. But, but Sheila, look at the inherent nonsense of that very sentence in the government's own words. It's not just black and, and indigenous offenders, but victims too. And what I'm getting at is that there are black victims and indigenous victims. Who goes to bat for them? This doesn't help them. This makes things worse, you know, for this, black this and indigenous offenders, crime victims. This puts offenders back in low-income communities. Exactly. That doesn't make their community safer. It makes it worse for them. But that's okay because the liberals say, hurting their arms, patting themselves yeah. on the back like that um, because they say, look, look at us. We're fighting systemic racism by making uh, 
black communities less safe by making uh, reserves less safe. And I believe we do have a video of Chrystia Freeland uh, weighing in on this. Um, why don't we get to her pithy quotes? Our government has done more than any previous Canadian government to get unnecessary guns off our streets. We have banned military-style assault weapons. No one should have those. I grew up on a farm. A rancher, a hunter, does not need a military-style assault weapon. And then recently, we have gone further, and we have put a freeze on the sale of handguns. And likewise, I have to say, you do not need a handgun to go hunting deer. And if there are coyotes who idiot. are harassing your cattle, you're not going to go after them with a handgun. So you these are necessary anyway. measures. <laughs> they are not fully in place yet. We need to get that legislation passed. And by themselves, they're not going to end everything. You can have laws that ban something, and people will still break those laws. That is true. But do we, as a country, have to end, you know, what I would describe as these fake fights over guns? Yes, we do. I, I have a huge amount of respect for people um, who need a rifle to hunt a wolf or a coyote that is eating their calves. That happens. I've seen it. That's okay. That's necessary. But you do not need military-style assault weapons for that. You do not need handguns for that. And we really, as a country, just have to end this. Well, Sheila, I just want to make... Is someone in her office mad at her? Like, why <laughs> did they let her go out there and say something so stupid? Well, I was about to say, why does it always feel like when I'm looking at a... When I'm a watching the video footage of a Freeland press conference, I feel like a member of the audience of Romper Room, which I think right. uh, targeted the three to five demographic. I don't know if it's still on the, the air or not. If it isn't, uh, we got the new host uh, come the next election cycle. But the, the key thing here, well, there was many idiotic things she said, but this is key, Sheila, military style assault weapon. What she's saying is not a military assault weapon, military style. It's that one word, style. In other words, rifles that look ominous. Cool. You know, they're black. They look cool. Yeah. <laughs> they're not, they don't have that wooden stock. That's that's a friendly rifle. When it's all black, that's military style. Like something Rambo would use. That well, that doesn't make any sense. It's it's just a, a a rifle that looks differently. I mean, you don't get killed by looks, but they seem to be, um, I guess, profiling guns by how they look as opposed to how they operate or function. Feels, feels like systemic racism. Um, <laughs> but she used some very interesting words there outside of military style because yep. they can't say military because none of these are military. Exactly. Grade. They say military style, which means I think plastic stock. I think that's what it is, but mm. some of them don't have plastic socks. They're just awesome and they're banning them. Yeah. But she doesn't use the word getting illegal guns off the street. 
She good, said getting good catch. Yes. Unnecessary guns off the street. So what the government has deemed unnecessary for you as a private citizen to have, you should no longer have it. Then we go into the whole Marxist idea of you should only have that which the government determines that you need. Yeah. And not that you want, not something that you've earned, not something that you've chosen to possess, but what the government has determined that you need. And this is a very Marxist way of looking at the world. Why do you need that? Yeah. Because I want it. Because exactly. because because shut up because it's none of your business. That's yeah. why. Yeah. Um it's the same people who say Sheila, why do you, why does your husband need that pickup? Because mind your own business. You're not paying for it. That's why. Yeah. Um, why does Christia Freeland need to fly somewhere and then have her limo drive all the way from Ottawa to Montreal to pick her up? Why does she need to do that? But she says, we're, we're banning military-style assault rifles because no ranchers and farmers need them. You know what gun is on that list? The Mini-14 ranch rifle. It's, it's specifically designed for hunting varmints. Coyotes might be a little on the big side for it. But when she says, you know, farmers don't need these military style rifles. Well, one of your so-called military style rifles is literally called the ranch rifle. It's a very popular firearm in Canada. They banned it because it looks cool. It's got a cool black, black plastic stock. But then she says, no farmers need handguns to shoot a wolf. This woman is an absolute idiot. She go, She went to the same... <laughs> gun course that Mendicino went to. You can't <laughs> shoot a wolf. First of all, who's shooting a wolf with a handgun? And secondarily, <laughs> you can't just go into the backyard and use your handgun. Yeah. I own all the land on this side of the road. I cannot go into the backyard and shoot a handgun. I have to call some overpaid bureaucrat at the RCMP, ask his permission to take my lawfully obtained firearm to the range to use it at the range which is the only place that i can use it and then i have to come straight home so i have to call ask permission go to the range it comes straight home i can't shoot coyotes in the backyard with a handgun this woman is an absolute idiot so if, when she says nobody needs to do that nobody's doing that nobody's doing that she's an idiot and sheila in terms of the case for guns where you live i understand oh, yeah. it's very remote <laughs> If somebody was conducting a home invasion on your property and you phone 911, what do you think would be the time that law enforcement would need to get to your property? Probably a half an hour. Okay, Probably so in the meantime, what do you do if they take I, your I guns guess, away? Well, and it just this is Justin Trudeau saying that I don't have a right to defend myself. Exactly. Well, I'm not asking Justin Trudeau's permission to protect my life. I'm not going to die to be a good liberal citizen. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just not. Um, but Justin Trudeau thinks it's the obligation of every Canadian to engage in hand-to-hand -hand combat with their attacker or assume the benevolence of their attacker, that their attacker is just there to take their TV and not their life <laughs> or the lives of their children. You know, it, it's amazing, Sheila. About 10 years ago, when I was with Sun News Network, I had a debate with uh, Marianne Mead Ward, who has since become the mayor of Burlington, Ontario. <laughs> I, I don't understand the kind of people living in my province anymore. But I posed that question to her. What if you were in a remote area of our country? There's a home invasion going on. You are a single woman with children. What do you do? And her answer, Sheila, was 
you run away. I swear to God. And I tried to, to tell her. Exactly. I said, if you are in your home, that's the finish line. There is no more area to, in which to run. And by the way, they can chase you and still do harm uh, to you. But she could not bring herself to say that a firearm in that occasion with people meaning to do you and your family harm would be a good tool because you're too far away from law enforcement. Her idea is uh, kind of like the first rule of Zombieland, cardio, run for the hills. Unbelievable. But that is the mindset out there, Sheila. Yeah. And it's so shocking to see how married they are to this ideology that for them, even in that scenario, they would sacrifice at the end of the day, they'd be willing to sacrifice their own life yep. and the lives of their children, the people you are supposed to protect to the bitter end with your own life, that yep. you would sacrifice them on the altar of your own anti-gun nonsense. It's a, it's un, I have no words. It's unbelievable. We should get to some of the more uh, pressing issues as well here, Sheila. Uh, oh, look at this. When I first read this, I thought they were talking about cars and charging stations, but liberals propose another year of hybrid parliament. Oh, has nothing great. to do more with naked liberals. <laughs> what was the name of that guy, anyways? I can't remember. <laughs> the name is the last thing about him I remember. <laughs> and, and you know, here's the reality: uh, COVID is effectively over. This is 2022, not 2020, when we didn't know so many things. When and please. MPs, for those of you who say I'm from northern British Columbia or the territories, and do you know the hassle it is to fly into Ottawa and the amount of family time? Don't run for office. And that's part of the deal. You have to show up in the House. I hate this. I really hate this idea of just, hey, man, I'll just mail it in from home with hopefully I'll remember to keep my junk Tell that to everybody up. else. Yeah, it was William Amos, by the way. But <laughs> tell that to... Everybody else, for example, in Alberta, sometimes your commute is 12 hours, six hours up to Fort Mac and six yep. hours back down. You're gone for sometimes two weeks in, yep. three weeks in. Um, if you're an expat Canadian working overseas, it's like four weeks in, one week off. My husband is gone sometimes 300 plus days of the year. Uh, that's the deal. That's yep. his job. If you don't like it, you get a new job. And, you know, this is what, uh, yet another reason why I am liking and liking Elon Musk ever so much, uh, Sheila. Uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. He said, uh, that's it. You come into the office. This pandemic is over. And if you don't like working in the office, then resign and pretend that you're working <laughs> for some other company uh, yeah. in your in your house. There you go. And uh He's right. And and I mean, he's the boss. Now, if you have an employer that is, you know, flexible enough that you don't have to come in, that's one thing. But I think if you're a member of parliament, you have to show up to that and, and to the house. And by the way, Sheila, look how many vacation days they get. Look how, you know, when, whether it's the Christmas yeah. break or the summer break, uh, they're gone for weeks, if not months. So that more than balances out for the number of days you have to actually show up, uh, you know, in Ottawa. 
yeah, it's a pretty good gig. All their yeah. expenses, their car expenses, uh, benefits, comfortable salary. All we ask is that you go to work and wear some pants. And still, <laughs> that's too much to ask of these liberals. What a low benchmark. And it happened twice to that guy, right? Twice, which is not an accident. <laughs> Once might be an accident, but twice, that's a fetish. I think you're right. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm glad I wasn't on the receiving end of that visual. Um, it, in any event, by the way, speaking of Elon Musk, why don't we talk about this, Sheila? Because I, I, I loved this New York Post opinion piece, which was entitled, Cheers to Elon Musk for finally saying no to whiny entitled millennial babies. And basically, this was about a bunch of SpaceX millennial employees um, going online to whine about Elon Musk being toxic and an embarrassment uh, for the, his... I mean, Sheila, this is unbelievable. And, you know, I, and, and five of them, I believe, have reportedly been fired. And well, I should hope so. Oh, Imagine yeah. if I went onto Twitter and whined about Ezra. Well, like, you exactly. Know? And, I would but, expect to be fired. But the way the narrative, aside, and the New York Post piece is brilliant. I, I urge our uh, viewers to read it. The way it's being framed by the anti-Elon Musk camp is, oh, I thought this was Mr. Pro-Free Speech, and he gets a little criticism. No, no, no. What the First Amendment is protecting people from in the United States is that you go into the town square, you scream all kinds of things about anything, including the government, and the government doesn't have the right to arrest you for doing that. That's the First Amendment. If you work for a company, it's a different relationship than being in the town square and ranting and railing about something. Like you said, if you or I went onto social media and we started tearing a strip off of Ezra. Are you kidding me? And I would show myself out. I wouldn't want to stick around to be fired. I would be like, oh. you know what? I'm. I know. I know. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't. I don't know what they're thinking. They're so. In, they really are entitled. If they think they can lip off about their boss in public and think they still have a job the next day. I think Dwayne the Rock Johnson said it best. Know your role. And shut your damn mouth. And that applies when you're working for a company. Elon Musk is the owner. Elon Musk is the boss. Know your role. That is, you're an employee. You're drawing a paycheck. And if you don't like the damn rules, and if you don't like your damn boss, then resign. Don't let the door hit your ass on the way out of the company. And go work for another company where you have some kind of uber-progressive boss that probably doesn't mind uh, getting criticized. Go to criticized. Google. Yeah. Go to Google. What, would Google? But that's, that's a very good point, Sheila. If you and I were Google employees and we started ranting and railing online about the Google CEO, do you think Google is going to tolerate that? No. Yeah, exactly. No. I, I even Nobody think Google would put up with that. Sorry, what was that, Sheila? I don't even think Google would put up with that. Exactly. I think Google would probably fire whoever did it and then bring in grief counselors for the rest of them. <laughs> Something stupid like that. Oh, gosh. And by the way, Sheila, I uh, we should point out, because you're wearing a lovely piece of new merchandise, Free <laughs> the Beef, 
which reminds me of the dearly departed uh, Clara Peller, the spokeswoman for Wendy's back in the 80s when things were normal, who always used to say, where's the beef? What is free the beef, Sheila? Free the beef. Um, actually, we have a fun video actually on our YouTube channel right now of Adam encountering me just eating beef ribs in a parking lot. <laughs> we had a little talk about um, Adam's beef campaign. The liberals right now are, well, they're going to do it. They're going to label ground beef as uh, bad for your health. And ground beef is the, it remains the most affordable cut of beef. So this is also a direct attack. Oh, there I am just randomly <laughs> eating beef in a parking lot. Beautiful. Um, so this is an attack on uh, affordable cuts of beef that people from all socioeconomic backgrounds eat, but it is really attacks the people who, or it serves to scare the people who can't afford something else. 85% um, of Canadians every month eat ground beef in some form. Um, labeling this one form of beef hits 50% of the beef in the grocery store. And they're saying that it's high in saturated fats. Well, long before they were getting the science of COVID wrong, they were getting the science of nutrition wrong, <laughs> particularly around saturated fats. That's for sure. Um, but all that aside, um, this is an attack on the West. It's an attack on farmers. Um, it shows um, just how disconnected the liberals are from where their food actually comes from. And these are the same people who think, there's absolutely nothing wrong with um, uh, an avocado that is grown in a greenhouse somewhere in Mexico that has to be refrigerated all the way up here. They look at that and say, that's a whole food health food, greenhouse gas emissions aside. And I don't care about greenhouse gas emissions, but they sure do. And they're labeling beef as though it's a cigarette. And so we have a campaign um, and uh, I think it's free the beef. Is it free the beef? Yeah, free the it beef. Free the beef. Yep. Dot, yeah, free the beef. Dot ca. You can go there and you can sign up uh, our petition, uh, calling on the federal government to not label this delicious uh, beef whole food. I think beef is a superfood. Ruminants are amazing animals. They take the things that we can't eat and then turn them into things that we need, like B12 and yep. DHA that we can only get from animal sources. Um, if you think that this is outrageous to label beef, as dangerous as though it's a cigarette. And that's another point here too. A lot of our beef goes for export. So this label will be on Canadian beef in an American grocery store beside beef produced in America that doesn't have the label, leading consumers to think that Canadian beef is somehow unhealthy. So if you disagree with that, if you support Canadian farmers, if you don't even have to think that beef is a superfood like I do. But if you think that labeling well-produced, nutritious Canadian beef, like it is something bad for your health. If you disagree with the Liberals doing that, go sign that petition at freethebeef.ca. And, and Sheila, this is the question that immediately arose when I saw this report. I'm going to go down on a limb and I'm going to guess, and maybe I'm wrong, but is there any other beef producing slash beef exporting nation on planet Earth that are putting these labels on its product? No. And the, the reason they're doing this is because they are able, you're not allowed to um, label a whole food. Like you can't label a banana and say, this is high in sugars, which could lead to diabetes. You can't, you can't yeah. label a banana like that, but because the beef is ground, it's technically processed 
And so they get to label this as oh. they can stick warning labels on processed foods. Now they're not doing it with other processed foods, are they? They're not doing it to the Oreos. They're just doing it to ground meat, um, which is basically just, you know, nothing substantial has been done to change the product. It's just sort of changed its form. It's like a, just a different cut. But if you, one of the points I made in my video with Adam was right, like literally right across the parking lot from where I was eating that beef rib was a McDonald's. And don't get me wrong. I like McDonald's because one of their slogans for their hamburgers is not without Canadian farmers. Yeah, And I like that, but they will not get a warning label slapped on their food or their beef. It's just in the grocery store where the ground beef really is in its purest form. So Sheila, this is the big question. What is the unspoken strategy here by this liberal government going ahead with this? I mean, is this just virtue signaling? Look what we're doing to warn you about your health. Is that all it is? And yet the potential harm to the beef industry um, could be of a magnitude that is unacceptable. I mean, like, again, what what is driving this? Um I think there's a, a, like a more macro view of this. I think Canada is the great reset nation. And so yeah. when they say get off, uh, you know, carbon, uh, you know, like when they say like you shouldn't be on oil and gas and they say, you know, we're imposing carbon taxes to get everybody off oil and gas. They really don't care about the jobs that are lost. They don't care about the cost to the consumer of those things. They, they don't care because their agenda is to get everybody off oil and gas and sort of control the world that way and your behaviors that way. When certain behaviors become too expensive and you don't do them, then you've just been controlled by people who didn't want you to do those things. They don't want you to travel and see the world and experience things and drive your car, which is really one of the great um, freedom assets oh, of yeah. the last hundred years was the vehicle becoming a consumer product. But these are also people who want you to eat the bugs. They want you to go vegetarian in the name of the planet. And again, eat however you want. Do not take your dietary advice from me. But let me just tell you that there are two things that you can get from meat that you can't get from anywhere else. DHA, you can eat algae um, and get DHA, but not at all in the volumes that you get it from eating animals. And I'd rather just eat the salmon than eat the algae. DHA, they call it the human consciousness chemical. Scientists quite don't, they don't quite understand how it works, but they say that that is the chemical that helps you have human consciousness. And so when developing brains and developed brains are, are deficient in DHA and B12, which animal products are the most readily bioavailable source of those things, you become not a, a clear thinker. We don't mm. have critical thought anymore when you don't have those things. And I, I don't want to sound like Alex Jones and being a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, but there's a reason why the elites don't want you in peak physical shape with your brain running on all cylinders. There's a reason for that. It, it, amazing. And you mentioned bug, Sheila. And I understand, is it, I, I believe in London, Ontario, there's a facility that's opening up that's going to be um, processing crickets uh, for human consumption. Well, for those... human consumption. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, not to go fishing with, not to feed your turtle with, but will those um, uh, critters have a warning affixed to them too? Or is it, uh, it looks like, uh, according to the CBC, no. 
Um, Aspire Farms processes crickets into all-natural, sustainable superfood ingredients. Oh, boy, does that look delicious. You know, I came into the office today starving. I skipped breakfast, uh, Sheila. I think I just lost my appetite. Beef gets a warning label. Hard drugs get decriminalized in B.C., and they want us to eat crickets. Tell me I'm not wrong when I say we are the Great Reset Nation. You know what? I got to go down there. I, I got to get a cricket burger. I told I you, you got to go down there. I yeah. want you to get a tour of the facility. No, Dress I'll as even... a cricket. Dress as a lizard. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. Oh, boy, you're you're bringing back trans cat memories now. But, uh, I'm seriously. breaking my own rule about no costumes for David Menzies. <laughs> I'll, I'll take one for the team. Maybe I'll have to bring a blindfold with me. But how how is it served, uh, Sheila? Like, is it a cricket burger or is it like cricket soup or, you know, in, in which case, uh, so much for the saying, uh, waiter, there's a fly in my soup. It's uh, yeah, it's one of the uh, essential ingredients, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> We charge extra for the fly. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, where do you think you're getting your uh, protein from, bub? You know, so. Uh, and I, I think they got a big taxpayer, like a big, huge sub subsidy that company did oh well knocks Naturally. me down with a feather you know i have to <laughs> tell you I, i'm asking these uh questions sheila because i remember back in the late 70s and my goodness uh, i i got a lot of news coverage and people were going oh are you kidding me but the royal ontario museum here in toronto they had an exhibit and it was about um cooking with insects and uh, i'll never forget one of the um entrees was bumblebee raisin bread and the idea was that this makes it more my palatable. skin's crawling pardon me <laughs> my skin just did like a full body crawl <laughs> well but the reason for it sheila was that when you ground up the bumblebees and the raisins uh they're indistinguishable they all look like the same you don't know if it's all bees all raisins uh, a blend of both so that was their way of sort of uh, making it more palatable for people that don't look upon a little bug with six legs and fly and and wings do you know what humans <laughs> look upon bugs with revulsion and that's an evolutionary cue we should listen to it you know, there's a reason why we see bugs outside, earthworms, and I get, my stomach gets upset. People see bugs and they're scared of them. They see spiders and they freak out. We should listen to that. We shouldn't be putting them in our mouths to eat. You know what, Sheila? You're so right. Did we not learn anything from the 1986 David Cronenberg film, The Fly? Uh Bugs are bad news. Although I did like the speech. It's very profound in the film, but I did like the idea when he's warning his girlfriend away um, that there are no insect politicians, right? It's just, it's eat or be eaten. But that aside, uh, when we monkey around with the insect community, only bad things can follow, I think. But who knows? By the way, Sheila, I'm looking at the clock on the wall. It's been, uh, time has been flying, if you Whoa. catch the pun there. Little Barry Horowitz. Oh, good job. Uh, Don't you're gonna throw your arm out, <laughs> pat yourself on the back there. Um, before we move on, I know we want to get to this, but I just want to yes, uh, note that Justin Trudeau is causing airport hell. Maybe not today. Yes, tell that story. This is good. This is, I couldn't figure out why it happened until this morning, till yeah. I got the press release in my email inbox. So, my daughter is set to fly out of the country 
uh, well, she should have been at the airport right now. Um, so anyway, last night at about six o'clock ish, I didn't even check my email because she had already been checked in for her flight hours earlier. And she was at rugby practice and all of her friends say, oh my goodness, our flight got canceled. And so she comes to the car and she's really upset. I'm frozen again. Anyway, she comes to the car and she's really upset because all of her friends, am I still frozen? No. Okay, great. Okay, great. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, she's at rugby practice last night. She's going on a rugby tour of Europe. And uh, she comes to the car. She's really upset. And she said, my friends just got all, all got an email, said our flight's been canceled. And so I checked my email. Lo and behold, her flight has been canceled. No reason for it to be canceled. It was a full flight, by the way. It was very difficult to get her on that flight with uh, the, some other girls from her team. So I'm like, why on earth? WestJet rebooks them for Wednesday, which puts them in Dublin, Dublin, a day behind. Uh, they've already paid for hotels for the first night. So big inconvenience. They're missing training, everything. But uh, then I get an email in my inbox this morning. The reason they need Pearson cleared out and looking not like the Baghdad airport on the day the Americans withdrew <laughs> is because Justin Trudeau and the gang are down there today, or at least the liberals are down there today for two hours talking about all the things that they're doing to make the airport work more efficiently again. So, but tomorrow with all the rebooked flights that were canceled from today so that the liberals could have the empty airport for the TV cameras, it's going to be absolute mayhem tomorrow in the Pearson airport. I don't know. I mean, like, I think my daughter's got a 45 minute connection from forget it. She's got, she's, to, she's done for, there's no way she'll make that connection. She's got to go from now to, instead of a straight flight from Edmonton to Toronto, to Dublin, she goes Edmonton to Winnipeg laid over uh, Winnipeg to Toronto short connection. She's going to miss the flight, which means that she's going to be two days back from her training in Dublin and might even miss a game. And this affects hundreds and hundreds of other travelers. It's not just a Sheila thing, but yep. are you are you listening to Sheila, folks? This is all being done for a photo op. This is yep. so that there is not the typical carnage and chaos at Pearson Airport yep. so that Justin Trudeau doesn't have to, you know, put up with uh, throngs of the great unwashed masses. Th this is all about optics, as per usual with this government. And look what's happening. And as Sheila said, it's going to just intensify an already hideously ugly situation at Pearson International Airport. This, I hope you're going to do um, a monologue or something about this, Sheila, because this, this has to be outed. I mean, maybe you'll have to wait until your, your daughter goes through the process um, uh, <laughs> tomorrow to, yeah, to see how bad it, it gets. But you got to wonder, too, I mean, the timing of this, do you think that uh, Justin Trudeau is um, got your um, computer or your cell phone under surveillance? You know, kind of <laughs> like Rob Stocky, the former cop that took play took part in the Freedom Convoy uh, protest, who found out, uh, you know, a few weeks ago that he had his electronic devices surveyed by law enforcement, even though he has no criminal record. He himself is a law enforcement personnel, but he's kind of, 
I don't know, hanging with the wrong crowd, according to the Trudeau liberals. It makes you wonder, Sheila. I know that sounds crazy, oh, for but sure. the timing is so suspect, you, you know. Apologies to uh, my daughter's rugby team because I inconvenienced then a bunch of people on the team. Um, but, uh, and it happened, like I tried to call WestJet and I got, I was on hold for like an hour and 20 minutes. Oh. Uh, event, I got hung up on three times um, because they're dealing with all these flights. Like I'll just, I'll when she's in the air, I'll deal with like, hey, this seems a bit, a little bit ridiculous. You're canceling our flight. 17 hours before she gets on it and you're just like you know no big deal we'll just book you the next day no actually we had things planned out in dublin for her when she got there and people picking her up from the airport she's a 16 year old girl fl flying across the atlantic on her own like it's, you know anyways uh media are invited to toronto pearson on <laughs> june 21st as the greater toronto airports authority and its partners host a media day ahead of a very busy summer travel season Canadian Air Transport Security Authority and Canadian Border Services Agency will be made available to provide tips and advice to travelers for the summer season. Tips in and addition advice. To, yeah. In yeah. addition How about to this? interviews. Get here six hours early. There, there's your first tip. <laughs> you know, and I think actually if I booked her on a flight tomorrow when I was originally booking her flight, I think I probably could have saved $400. But I remember her saying, no, I have to be there oh on this God. day. Um, Unbelievable. So we just ate the cost and now they just rebook us on that flight anyway. And I guess all's fair. Um, there, in addition to interviews, media will be invited to view measures in place to help passengers navigate the security screening process, including new video screens and divest tables to get rid of liquids, aerosols and gels ahead of security. So this is why they dumped um, a series of flights to make sure that Pearson wasn't a zoo when all these people got there. But Sheila, we've been doing this for decades now, certainly since post 9-11, right? Um, you know, not bringing uh, liquids of a certain volume. I mean, that's that's du rigueur. That's nothing new. That's nothing, um, you know, any kind of post-COVID kind of protocol. Uh, Twas ever thus. And I heard one of those airport spokesmen on the radio today, and this is supposedly going to clear up the, the log jams. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Um, don't wear belts with, like, fake bullets in it. Evidently, they manufacture belts like that. Okay. Oh, and there's a brand of... Perfume or cologne, it is uh, packaged in a grenade, and because it's liquid in there, it gives it a certain weight and density. Um, that could hold up the luggage screening, too. Are you kidding me? You know, having things that look like bullets and grenades, <laughs> that's the reason why we're going through yeah. this misery? Give me a break. Well, and everybody just say a prayer for the airport workers for tomorrow. Because all those flights that were supposed oh, to be yeah. in the airport today, they've all been rebooked for tomorrow and it is going to be ab absolute mayhem. It's just going to be a disaster. And so the airport was made worse to show everybody how much better the liberals have made yeah. it. And on that note, Sheila, Trudeau and his henchmen, they're not going through those lines. Oh, are you kidding? They have a private jet. They're whisked right to the door. Um, all that. Oh, David, it's better than that. Yeah. I just... <laughs> And I know we're going to wrap it up. Um, but uh, I was going through 
an order paper response and I was adding it all up by hand. And it was about Justin Trudeau's jet fuel. Oh, yes. He, he uses in <laughs> the Challenger. And my number is 76.5 million liters. And actually his travel time went up during the pandemic, not down. So I don't know. They tell me there's a climate emergency. Yeah. They tell me there's a public health emergency. We all have to stay home to stay safe or we're going to kill our grandparents. And Justin Trudeau's just flying around all over the place. It's different. He's special, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the media yeah, but will- carbon offsets, it's fine. Yeah, and the media will ask tough questions of that, like what shampoo do you use, Justin? Yeah. yeah. Oh, clown Tom world. Clark. Um, Tom Clark. <laughs> we, we, we should get to our uh, super chat, Sheila. Yes. Okay. We've got one from Annalisa, nineteen sixty four. She gives us twenty bucks. Holy cow, Annalisa! Nice. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Putting in my Rumble pre-show, Sheila. Can you please tell my sweet Menzies that he looks <laughs> super duper hot today? <laughs> Thanks. Love you, Sheila. It must be the Humidex. I think it's going up to forty six in Toronto today. Really? <laughs> oh yeah, we're in for a lot of uh, hot, humid weather after. I think, Sheila, has been one of the coldest, windiest springs I've ever experienced in the greater Toronto area. It's been brutal. But today is the first day of summer, and it's living up to the billing. It's 16 here right now. 16 16 degrees. Celsius or Fahrenheit? It's too cold. Uh, uh, Paul Otto Newman gives us five bucks. I'm all for popularizing the idea of calling Mendicino as cowardly lion. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that. This is nice. Cowardly lion. <laughs> I've just been calling him misinformation Mendicino. Uh, Fraser McBurney gives us five bucks. Heroes. Where have all our heroes gone? Like the Lone Ranger, Zorro. Well, those are both, those aren't real. Um, <laughs> Johnny Yuma, Roy Rogers, Paladin, Robin Hood, the Cisco Kid, and even Johnny Jellybean. They have all gone YouTube, so enjoy. Well, you know, in the case of the Lone Ranger, the original TV Lone Ranger, uh, Sheila, I remember after the gig was up, he continued to go around in public uh, as the Lone Ranger, so much so that the studio had to get a restraining order. And uh, instead of a mask, he would wear sunglasses. He was still trying to be the Lone Ranger. So he's kind of real. <laughs> uh, Fraser gives us five bucks and says, you can kill a pregnant woman and you'll be charged with a double homicide. I don't know if it's double homicide, but there's a law. I forget the name of the law in Canada. It's recently introduced where you will receive like um, a sentencing add-on if you kill a pregnant woman and you her child dies or you harm a pregnant woman and her child dies in mm. as a result but a woman can kill a child in her womb and she celebrated the world has gone mad i'll raise you one more crazy thing <laughs> so the ndp in alberta they wanted a day of bereavement for pregnancy loss they wanted this like to be uh, a law and i'm like yeah sure yep 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 and then they add in there pregnancy loss through any means. I'm like, oh, so if you are equating the woman who lost a child to the woman who terminated a pregnancy, 
You want that person to get bereavement off and you can't even put together that, that their own argument to get bereavement leave for a purposeful termination of pregnancy acknowledges the fact that that's a child. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, AMT 60, a buck. I wish Canada had second amendment rights like the U.S. People with guns should be able to defend themselves like in the U.S. If other Canadians can't defend themselves, then JT's RCMP detail shouldn't carry. Yeah, I mean, it's an, yeah. it's the fact that Justin Trudeau has armed guards is an acknowledgement that good guys with guns beat bad guys all the time. It's just that he wants to outsource his safety to somebody else, and I don't have that privilege. Well, forget Second Amendment rights. We don't even have private property rights in Canada, Sheila. That's well, First not a... Amendment rights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everything we have is subject to reasonable limits, and who gets to decide what reasonable is? Yeah. Some liberal appointed judge somewhere. Uh, AMT60 gives us a buck. They want us to eat bugs, and now the cricket plant is open. David, you do the zaniest <laughs> stuff like entering the women's dancing competition. Are you going to try the crickets? <laughs> Yeah, I will. I will try a cricket. I will. I mean, I'm going to do some research. I mean, like what condiment do you put on a cricket? Uh, you know, Natasha here at the office gave me a wonderful present last month. Sugar free ketchup that has to remain refrigerated at all times or it goes bad. And maybe I'll maybe that's how I'll uh, christen that bottle of sugar free ke uh, ketchup. Put it on the cricket so that I taste more sugar free ketchup than cricket. And I don't even know what the sugar-free ketchup tastes like, but I'm betting it tastes better than a bug. <laughs> I just, people have to listen to their bodies here. When a bug flies in your mouth, you automatically gag, right? Like you gag, you retch. Listen to your bodies. That's your body telling you not to eat the bugs. So don't eat the bugs. <laughs> you must be psychic. Uh, a bug flew into my mouth while I was cycling yesterday. Close your mouth. <laughs> I'm trying to breathe. Say, maybe I should be uh, masking up after all. Maybe there is a reason for those face diapers. <laughs> Just close your mouth. <laughs> Don't be outside with your mouth open like a hoover. Uh, Alberta Dawn gives us three bucks. Every person is born with the right to defend themselves and their family. Experts say you have about six seconds to either call the police or get to a firearm in a home invasion. I remember this. I forget who, Ian Bailey. Was that who it was? Um, the police tried to say that he had unlawfully stored his firearms because he could get to his gun safe and get it open and get his firearm. And he did. And he dealt with some people, I think, who were trying to burn down his house yeah. with his and and his dogs. Um, and he was able to get to his gun and fire his weapon. And they tried to say that there was no possible way that he could have done it that fast. And he that did. That was the focus of their investigation. Yeah. The victim defending himself. Yeah. And and these cops are playing beat the clock. Yeah. And that that's unbelievable. Well, in Alberta, there was that farmer who was home alone with his baby daughter. And uh these losers came onto his property to rob him. So he winged one of them, shot him in the arm. He was sued. He first he was charged, then he was sued by the guy that he shot. That's gross. Yeah. Well, eventually they changed the law here. Jason Kenney, in one of his rare acts of um, defending the citizen, changed the law so that if you're hurt committing a crime against somebody else in their property, you can't sue them. 
but just the wow. gall of these people. Imagine yeah. finding the lawyer to take that case. Oh, I'm sure there's one out there. Ambulance chasers. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I think we're all uh, caught up now. All righty. Well, thank you so much, Sheila. And also a thank you to Olivia and Efren and Danny behind the boards there. And uh, thanks to everybody in our audience who uh, tuned in. And a super special thanks for those of you who contributed a uh, buck or three. It's how we keep the lights on here. There'll be two other rebels here on Wednesday. I think maybe is it Lewis and... Uh, High energy, Andrew says, Chapados. Um, and in the meantime, folks, uh, Sheila and I will be back on Thursday. And as always, stay sane. You know, the Canadian position on Keystone is unchanged. It's something we bring up whenever we have these meetings, and I did today. But I also really want to emphasize something Secretary Yellen emphasized in her opening remarks, which is actually this, the energy crisis which Putin's invasion of Ukraine has prompted is yet another reason to take climate action really, really seriously. Um, we need to do this for the planet and to preserve a livable planet for our children and grandchildren. But we also need to take climate action because it is part of a geopolitically safer and more secure world. And Canada is very, very serious about that.